The Roots team is proud to bring you Strengthen Your Roots, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into connecting with teammates on topics like leadership, as well as personal and professional skill building. Welcome back to Strengthen Your Roots. My name is Marianne Peek, and I am an insurance officer in Emporia, Kansas, and your host for this month's episode. We are wrapping up our series on side hustle spotlights, and I have with me today Marty Hofer to discuss cryptocurrency and as a side hustle. Marty, thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. So, Marty, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your role in Farm Credit. Sure. So I'll start um, professionally. I currently lead our portfolio analysis and reporting team. Um, We're tasked with at a really high level to oversimplify it, but um, we are tasked with helping the organization determine if we're accomplishing the results we set out to achieve and why and what some are, what might some of those drivers might be. Um, I've held several roles over the 10 years I've been here. I started in 2011, um, so just over 10 years now. I started in the finance team as a cash manager, working with Dave Hoyt's team initially for a couple of years, spent a little bit of time as an innovation specialist, then went back to treasury and had the, the fun of getting to help lead the Frontier Alliance implementation back in 2015 from a cash management side of things. And then um, ultimately landed for four years out in Eastern Iowa as a retail lending operations leader before shifting to this role. So I've been blessed with the opportunity to kind of bounce around and pursue different opportunities within the company. Yeah, it sounds like you're kind of a jack of all trades. Hey, you know, whatever works. Um, But then I I guess I would say on the personal side, um, been married to my wife of 15 years. Oddly enough, it's like within two weeks. So getting to talk about this reminded me I probably better get on that. But uh, we have two energetic boys, Owen and Keegan. They are 10 and 7. Um, so they keep us insanely busy. Um, as a family, we love to get outside anything to get us outdoors, kayak, golf, hike, um, a little bit of camping. Um, and then as far as my personal background, I grew up on a farm in northeast Nebraska in a small town of Elgin uh, with five siblings, small family farm, uh, corn, soybeans, some hay, uh, cattle and hogs. Um, and my dad was a big into entrepreneurship. He farmed and then he had a full time job at Lindsay Manufacturing. And then um, that's kind of where I learned like the passion for always pursuing it is I like to learn something new, right? Never be stagnant. And he was always tinkering with stuff, mostly to try to fix equipment for for free with whatever was lying around, but um, that, and then he invented a, a new type of agricultural fence. So he kind of instilled that concept of like, just pursue things you're passionate about and and never stop learning. Can you give us a little background on your side hustle? Sure. So um, I'll say, you know, from a side hustle perspective, uh, mine probably has a, a slightly different 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 definition than some. Um, I definitely don't pursue it from an income perspective. So it's really just kind of a personal passion of mine. Um, it's more about having found a space that I was like really interested in. And it just soaked up all my energy starting uh, early 2021, which was cryptocurrency. Um, and a little bit of the blockchain, the underlying technology, but mostly the cryptocurrency space and all the different projects. And uh, my side hustle is really focused around just helping others learn what it is um, if they have questions around like, well, I've always heard this rumor or that rumor. It's it's really suspect to hacking or fraud um, or black market uses it to uh, money uh, launder money. Like it's all sorts of those things. It's just like trying to educate people on what's crypto all about to get you more comfortable, whether it be 
as an investment or just like this technology that somebody just wants to know a little bit more about? Yeah, that makes sense. So you touched on this a little bit with how you got into crypto and um, cryptocurrency education. Can you give me an understanding of what crypto is versus blockchain? Those were two things you mentioned in there. Sure. Um, so I'll start by saying it's it's a bit of a common misconception that they're, they're synonymous with each other. So even before I got into it, I kind of thought like cryptocurrency and blockchain, like they have to go together. So um, blockchain is the technology that enables cryptocurrency to exist. So blockchain did exist. Um, it's technology that's really kind of founded on this idea of distributed database technology and open ledger uh, before cryptocurrency, but cryptocurrency made it popular. So that's why I feel like a lot of people tend to think they're they're somewhat synonymous, but that's the key difference. Blockchain is the technology that enables cryptocurrency projects and tokens to exist. Cryptocurrencies are projects that sit on top of that technology. What are some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to cryptocurrency? Can you touch on that? Oh yeah, I'm really good at the don'ts. Um, having gotten into it uh, last in 2021, but I would say some of the do's for me we're really about like having go-to experts that speak to the value of the technology and the real world application rather than following people that are more influencers is what the, the term for it is in the space. They are influencers tend to be paid by projects to mention their, their given cryptocurrency on YouTube and TikTok videos to just drive engagement. <clears throat> Whereas um, a lot of your more experts, like a couple I follow are Anthony Pompliano, Ross Stevens um, and Michael Saylor. They're huge advocates for Bitcoin, especially. Um, I'd like to follow them because they're more philosophical leaders, thought leaders in the space versus trying to purposely drive the value of a given currency up. And then I also like to follow Peter Schiff because he is known as kind of like the devil's advocate to crypto. He's not a believer. He thinks it's just a, a fad. And so it's kind of nice to like balance those perspectives to make sure you don't get like too caught up in uh, the excitement of the space. So in addition to having experts, go-to experts that I like to follow, um, another step I tried to take first was the space is huge. And so it can be really easy to get lost in the research and like, I don't even know where to begin. And so what I suggest to people that are just starting to express interest is asking yourself like, what, what areas of of your work or life are you already really knowledgeable in? So for instance, for me, that was finance and banking. So I knew I'm going to go research projects in that space within crypto because I have that foundation of knowledge that then I'm really just going to research crypto to understand, okay, so what is crypto trying to solve that like traditional banking and finance couldn't or did differently? So it helped kind of make it less daunting. So that'd be my first piece of advice too would be find an area within crypto you're already confident in your understanding of in your everyday life and then go research what projects might be in that space to expand on your knowledge there um and then i'd say one other do would be if you want to learn to invest which is kind of a separate side hustle if you will for me it's more just kind of like fun speculative side of things but if you do want to invest eventually um, and learn to trade crypto like I'm big on only put a tiny amount in to test with early on because there's nothing more scary than sending money through some new financial system that uh, has no banks involved and the only person accountable to where your money goes is you and there's no customer service in cryptocurrency world. So um, just 
walk before you run would be my last do. Um, a couple don'ts. I would say um, don't rush into investing in any project without doing your own research first. It's really easy to think like, oh, I'll just go to YouTube and figure out like what do, what's everybody talking about. But I learned really quickly the, the videos that had the most watches tended to be the projects that they just wanted to push that price up, get enough people interested, and then um, the early investors get out quick. So that's where it gets a lot of that um, negative spin as far as being a Ponzi scheme. There's plenty of projects that treat it just like that. They're just trying to drive community engagement long enough that the price goes up and the early investors get out. So don't get sucked into those kind of projects. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of a couple others. Don't purse. This is a personal opinion of mine. I don't invest in viral projects. I did once. Um, and it was a terrible idea because it's like, you know, it's the idea that you're kind of buying a lottery ticket and sure it could hit a home run. But the truth is, it's kind of back to the influencer piece. It fades out as soon as something new and more viral shows up. Um, so I I suggest always focusing on if you're going to invest, focusing on things that are more like fundamental, have a real world application projects that the founders have like identified themselves, docs themselves. Um, you can, you know who they are personally versus some shadow figure that you, you just don't know who's running the project. So those would probably be a few of the do's and don'ts from my perspective. So you mentioned that you should invest in crypto based on what you're interested in and what you're knowledgeable about currently. Most people have heard of Bitcoin is cryptocurrency broad enough as an investing platform to really bring in all those different interests? Yeah, I will tell you, um, to give you an example, when I first got interested in crypto in February of 21, there was roughly like four to 6,000 currencies. And now there's something like 60,000 of them. So most of those, a large percentage are um, the type you'd avoid. But from a category perspective, there are um, projects that focus on security, data privacy. Um, there's metaverse, right? Gaming. If you're into gaming, the metaverse side of things, uh, there is decentralized finance. So a, a heavy amount of those are probably going to be a lot of more of your financial service oriented things. But there's as you start to research the different categories of cryptocurrencies, there's probably what I would say 10 to 12 kind of different ways to slice the pie that you can, I would assume most people could find like the slice that they're most familiar with to at least dive into. That makes perfect sense. And then as far as diversification of portfolio, is that as important in crypto as it is in other types of investing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I mean, it's always smart to, right? This is where I feel like in the within the podcast, I need like the guy from Micro Machines commercials to show up and give me like a legal disclaimer for everybody listening today. So <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to answer this. Sorry, I kind of got. I'm just giving you grief, but uh, I don't mind at all. But I just like to. It's the first thing you'll hear somebody online talk about is like, oh, I needed my legal disclaimer, right? So my personal opinion is like when I got interested was really investing in like really small amounts. And it's really meant to be more of this tiny sliver of exposure for my overall investment portfolio over a really long time horizon, right? So I'm not trying to like spread money across 20 projects and hope um, one of them hits the lottery. 
I because I like to focus more on real world application, strong fundamentals, legitimate founders that you can find on the internet and read up on their professional background. I'm less worried about the project disappearing overnight and more about <clears throat> picking for me, it was like three or four. That's like if I put money in today and it disappeared tomorrow, oh well, it's a small enough exposure that that was the point. But if I put it in today and I set it, forget it, and come back 10 years from now, there's a really good chance. Um, one or two of those truly took off. Um, so that's kind of my opinion. Um, there's a lot of people that believe that we're still so early that if you're not sure what to do, you would just invest in a portion of a Bitcoin, right? Because it might be worth, oh, as of today, it's like 20,000 per coin. You can still buy a sliver of one. You can invest 200 bucks, right? And buy a fraction of one. So there's varying opinions. Mine is um, pick a few good projects, set it, forget it and walk away and come back 10 years and hopefully I'll be rewarded for it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, thanks for explaining that. Sure. So Marty, tell me what makes this a side hustle for you. I guess for me, it's really just like the thing that's exciting and energizing enough to make me when I get home from work, right? It's, it's not something that takes more energy. If anything, it refills my bucket, right? So um, for me, it's a side hustle because it's something I'm passionate about. Um, it's something that I like to serve others. And so it's an opportunity to help others just understand a space they're not familiar with or get comfortable enough to kind of go off on their own. So that for me is what makes it a side hustle. And, and I have like some, I would say like subtle, small goals around in 2021, I wanted to onboard 50 people. So it's one thing to say, I could say like, oh, I read up a lot on crypto um, and that wouldn't be a side hustle unless I'm trying to actively help others benefit from the fact that I'm trying to increase my knowledge on it would probably be how I would differentiate that. Finance is your job and finance is also a big part of your side hustle. What does the balance between both your side hustle and work look like? Sure. Uh, that's a good question because it can be easy for those things to blur if you're not careful. But uh, for me, since... I mean, work life is busy, right? So there's there's no getting around that. But for me, it's really about like if I get time to step away for lunch, I will turn on a podcast or listen to um, or read an article and just kind of like fill my day with little bits of information because the space evolves so quickly. And then um, I'm typically looking to fill my time in the evenings or weekends with a lot of the things that would come of it. So throughout a week, I might get a couple people reach out on Twitter and say, Hey, saw an article you posted. Um, I'm curious to know more. Right. And so, uh, I do this side hustle with a friend of mine, Brandon. Um, he gets a few people that reach out. And so between the two of us, we just try to split up and say like, does one of us have more time than the other? Um, here's the type of questions this person has. And so we kind of divvy it up that way based on the areas we feel the two of us are more of experts in, but for the most part, it's, it's not a lot of time for me because it's really just educational. So um, I can typically ask somebody like, yeah, if you need an answer today, not going to get be your person. But if, if you want to like set up a quick little zoom on this weekend for 30 minutes, happy to dial it up. And it's really cool because you meet people from, from all over the place. So, so you're engaging on social media platforms then to help onboard. Yep. So I would say for the most part, that's where probably 75% of the people that we onboard or educate or point towards resources come from. Um, you can find me on at Marty Hofer at, uh, on Twitter. And my, my handle is crypto dad um, for whatever reason, I don't really know, but you know, it's like 
my my kids know I do crypto enough. They're like, oh, you're doing that crypto thing again. So that's where the dad part came in. I annoy my children with the fact that I do like nothing but read these articles when they're when we're home together in the evenings. But yeah, you can reach out, reach me there. So it sounds like you've perfected the balance between between work and and what you enjoy. And it's really cool that they um, kind of correlate as far as your interests go. Yes, it works out pretty well. Like I said, if I were dependent on it, right? Like some people treat a side hustle like I want to generate X amount of income um, because it's a little bit more of a hobby for me. It's a lot easier to make sure the right priorities stay in that order at the moment. That makes perfect sense. So along with that, what challenges come with crypto as a side hustle? I would say just in regard to educating people, like the first thing you get is like that initial skepticism, typically, uh, because of everything you hear in the news. Um, It's amazing how much just in the last year, it's gone from like this side conversation to like every day on CNN, there's a ticker scrolling with Bitcoin's price. Um, And all the experts have different opinions on why it's worthless and why it's going um, up only, right? So some of it's really just the biggest challenge is helping people get past the skepticism. And so we always try to redirect them back to, again, the fundamentals, right? Like the technology, find those things that are trying to solve a real world problem. And you can kind of get rid of that skepticism because you can always find a reason to dislike anything, right? So that's one. And then I would say the other more on the trading side is, um, you know, when it's going up, it's funny that all sorts of people want to talk to you about it. Like I was one of those uh, that newbies that jumped in was like, oh, this thing's clearly popular. Right. And that was early 2021. And now it's worth a third of the value. And so the challenge is like there's a lot of see I told you so people in the space. Um, and so it's just it's a it's a pretty speculative always changing environment. So when you try to like help people stay abreast and learn about the space, you also have to dedicate a lot of time because like three months goes by in crypto is like three years at the same time. Wow. I haven't, I haven't really thought about it like that. Um, But the speed of change with crypto does seem to be exaggerated compared to traditional investing or, or really anything. Do you have any short term goals for this year? Because we our goal last year was to add 50, onboard 50, and onboard is, is a loose term anyway. We bumped it to 100 this year. Um, if anything, we're probably starting to shift our sights a little bit because the more we research the space, we're hoping to maybe evolve from all of our efforts going towards education, um, especially now like it's becoming more legitimate. There are a lot of really sound experts that are actually starting to build apps of their own that help educate people. So now our education piece, if we kept doing it, it'd be really like, go download this app and it's going to walk you right through, right? So um, the need for us in that space uh, is kind of becoming irrelevant. But so our focus, probably more intermediate to long-term is to develop a cryptocurrency of our own. So getting to research so many different projects, um, we've come up with an idea. We both have young kids. Um, We always talk about like finance and the lack of financial acumen curriculum within high school. And like as kids graduate high school, it just seems like we don't put near enough emphasis on how to have really sound financial habits when you go to college or trade school or to start a company, get a job, whatever it is. So we've talked about the idea of creating a cryptocurrency that would almost like incentivize achieving certain financial and professional milestones in young kids and young adults. So that way it's kind of like positive behavior drives 
positive incentive, which ultimately sets you up long-term as well. So I can see a shifting gears here in the next year or so to that. That sounds like a really cool transition. Um, does that flow into your long-term goals as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's easy to say like we want to create uh, the product long-term and like ultimately someday I've always said like, I'd love to own my own business someday. Right. So that's kind of my hope is that it might even feed into accidentally turning into a business I could own someday. So hopefully within that, how do you measure your success as a side hustle, but then also with these goals? Yeah, I would say, um, for me, then it shifts more like philosophically. Like I believe a side hustle for me personally is like, first and foremost, am I having fun? Is it feeding my passion? Right. And if I can't say yes to that, like I have to step back and say, like, am I dedicating too much time to it? Is it taking energy away from other things that need to be a priority? So success for me is it, it doesn't become a chore. It's always that thing that like gets me excited about in my free time to fill my free time with something productive. Um, and it has to be something that also helps like I said earlier, like I like to serve others. So I, it needs to be serving others. And if I can't see those two things playing out, then then I'd reassess and, and decide whether or not it's worth continuing or not. That seems like you've got a really healthy mindset around uh, what success looks like for you. Um, okay, so crypto related advice. I've got a couple of questions um, related to specific advice that you might give on um, crypto. So what is the best way to get started in crypto? I mean, the easy answer is like read articles, consume content, find some really good resources. And like I've said earlier, I mentioned a few. So like if anybody listening is like, okay, what, where would I even start? Um, I would start with uh, Anthony Pompliano, Michael Saylor, Stephen Ross. I really enjoy listening to him um, because they can get you more interested in why blockchain and crypto are important for just like long-term success and evolution of existing products and services. So read, read, read. Um, I've touched on it a little bit already. Pick areas that you're interested in already. And then um, there are apps out there. Um, oh, it's slipping my mind at the moment. But for instance, like Coinbase uh, has an app where even if you choose not to invest, once you get there, there's a lot of crypto projects that will actually say like, hey, take this three-minute tutorial to learn what this project is or what it does, and we'll give you 50 tokens, right? So essentially, if you just made a life out of watching a bunch of learning content in the crypto space, you can earn crypto for free, essentially, and never have to put your own money in. So I would just start by um, finding good resources that can educate you on the space, um, read a bunch of articles, especially like comparing it to like, what is it meant to solve initially start with Bitcoin and understand that enough because there's a rabbit hole of thousands upon thousands of other currencies that can really kind of distract you from what its purpose was. You mentioned earlier that you tend to avoid viral cryptocurrencies. And my question is how would a beginner learn to avoid some of those negative? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so one of the first places I went was it's called like coinmarketcap.com. And so that's a really quick way to orient yourself around like, A, you'll see the thousands of currencies that are out there, but you can sort them by um, essentially their market cap. So what's their 
perceived value within the space. So when I first started, I just said, like, I'm not going to look at any project that's beyond the top 10 because for it to be in the top 10, it's probably been here since like the early 2010 range or 2015. And so it's got a really strong community. It's got founders that are legitimate. For the most part, if you're in the top 10 of crypto, you're really legitimate, safe from a start your research there. Doesn't mean safe from an investment perspective ever, but um, it's a really good safe place to start. Like understand what these 10 projects are. They're the most recognized from all of crypto. So it's kind of a nice safe way to dip your toes in the, in the water, I would say. That's great advice. Why should I, as in the listener, um, consider adding crypto to my investment portfolio? We just, we talked on diversification before, but. Yep. Um, I feel like I just insert micro machine guy legal disclaimer here. Um, so again, um, so I would say it's kind of what I mentioned about my personal reason for doing it was. It feels like technology, the blockchain technology itself and Bitcoin at least are meant to be here for quite some time. And so for me, it's like it's a really speculative asset. Um, like I said, very small percentage of my overall portfolio. Um, so to me, it's it's almost a little of I'd rather put a little bit in and have it disappear versus having not put in and just wondered like what could have been. Um, and Fun little side story on that is in 2016, so I mentioned I didn't get in until last year. In 2016, I had a buddy that's like ultra conservative accountant. Um, he works for Farm Credit East, actually. He was like, I think you should get into this. I was like, it's that's like, it's a fad. I just like everybody else I talk to now, right? It's like, it's a fad. Um, it's going to go to zero someday. It's not, it can't possibly be worth what it is because at the time I want to say, if it was 2016, probably five to 6,000 a piece at the time. Um, and so I told him he was crazy. And um, oddly enough, you know, even if you were still in it today, that's three times what it's worth. So um, for me, it's like, I, do, I just don't want that regret of like, it's this technology that I truly believe in. Um, and if even a fraction of the cryptocurrency survive, especially like Bitcoin, um, it could be really generational wealth, right? If you hold it long-term and it truly equates to what, what some people think it can. So a lot of people have heard the term NFT. Um, can you give us a high level understanding of what that is? I'll try. So uh, this is honestly a space that I will not pretend to be an expert in, um, but I'll start at a high level. Most people know the word NFT because you might've seen like the cartoon ape images or penguins float around the internet and you hear like people say like i can't believe this thing sold for three million bucks right it's just i could take a screenshot of that same picture and have it on my phone right but really what an nft is so it stands for non-fungible token um and essentially in that form right where you see these cartoon images floating around there are projects that essentially are emulating art uh, like real life art right so they're creating unique there, there is this is the only version of this particular ape in this outfit um, with this particular um, identifier in the world right and this is the only one of it that will ever exist so it has a rarity aspect it's unique um, and it's not exchangeable like one-to-one -one for anything else so whereas the rest of cryptocurrency are fungible assets because if i have 10 tokens there's a market out there that agrees they're worth roughly this and I can exchange them for other things fairly easily versus 
each one of those NFTs has carries a different value in the digital art space. Now, where I'm getting a little bit more familiar and reading up on, um, especially I saw a news article about the first property in Florida was sold using NFT as what transferred property ownership. So NFTs essentially allow you to, to track that because it's ledger and it can't be um, tampered with. There are companies that are shifting to use NFTs to transfer property ownership. Because when you think about like us in ag real estate, we have to do all that title work, right? Title insurance opinions in order to maintain and make sure like we're confident in the, the flow of this piece of property and that there's not anything attached to it, right? That puts us at risk. Um, and so NFTs can, because they're on the blockchain, like they have a really clear, transparent way of tracking ownership. So you're starting to see those shift into real estate and can be used in that way. So it's open ledger allows you to just have a lot more faith and cut out the cost of getting title opinions, right? So it's an interesting space. I'll be curious to see if it sneaks across into, or when I should say, not if, when it sneaks into our space. Absolutely. So the big question, how do you spend crypto? Yep. So that one's evolved even in the last year. Um, there's a few different ways. I mean, spending, it depends how you define it, right? So like if I have cryptocurrency because I bought it on an exchange, I could spend it by simply converting it from um, Telcoin is a currency I like to invest in. So if I convert Telcoin, I can convert it to US dollars to be able to put back in my bank account, or I could just use in a cryptocurrency exchange to switch that from telcoin to another currency so that's one way that and the most basic way to spend or exchange it the other is you're starting to see more and more offers for like crypto related credit cards so you can either attach a crypto debit card to your bank account spend dollars but earn you know two percent back in a given cryptocurrency you pick or you're starting to see it more and more available where i could actually tie a debit card to a currency. And then behind the scenes, there's a service that when I swipe this card at Starbucks, I might spend 500 telcoins, but Starbucks is going to get $7, right? So um, those are a few different ways. Uh, some of the more, I guess, online ways to convert current uh, cryptocurrency to spendable cash. You'll also see credit card or gift card companies, excuse me, gift card companies will allow you to convert crypto to gift cards and then you can choose to spend those wherever you want. So those are a few of the ways I would say. So are you ready for the rapid fire questions? I suppose so. Let's okay. see. I feel like we need like a great intro, like right. time for rapid fire. Well, and I'm like the most long-winded person you'll meet. So I'm going to try my best okay. not to elaborate. We're going rapid, Marty. Okay. What is the best crypto? Telecoin. Look it up. You won't regret it. What's the worst crypto? Oh, Luna. It was a fraud debacle on a massive scale. You'll, you could find articles all over for that one too. Okay. What's your favorite crypto? Favorite is Decentraland. It is like a spin on the metaverse and you're seeing people spend US dollars to buy digital real estate and then like lease it back out to like people that want to buy a house in the metaverse. It's it's nuts. Read up on it. Decentraland. What's a crypto wallet? Oh, that, how am I supposed to? That's not rapid fire at all. Um, it's, <laughs> it's like, I'll just say, so if you want rapid fire, a wallet is like the first step if you don't have a wallet, you can't hold cryptocurrency. How do I get a crypto wallet? 
there are all sorts of apps. So my go-to is um, Trust Wallet. It's my favorite, simple, easy to use um, to store. But a side note, crypto will have you downloading way more apps than you care to on your smartphone. I think I'm up to 16, but. Okay, is crypto secure? Oh, yes. There's a lot of people that are going to argue with me on that one, but yes. Is crypto good for beginning investors? If you're speculative and don't go crazy, sure. What's the worst decision you've made with crypto? Oh, I only invested in one project ever where I didn't do the research. I trusted a, a buddy of mine and I invested a small amount again, but within like 24 hours, my investment went from what I put into zero. Like the, the founders bailed on the project the day it launched. So I woke up the next morning and it was zero. This episode's podcast ponder question is. Okay, will crypto still be around in 50 years? Definitely. Well, Marty, that's all I have for you. That's all the questions I have. Is there anything else you'd like to highlight today? I, I mean, I'll just hit one more time on if you have listened to this and are curious to know more, um, reach out on Twitter at Marty Hofer, Crypto Dad on Twitter. Thanks for chatting with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you, Marty, for joining me on the last episode of Side Hustles. I'm happy to have the opportunity to talk with you about crypto and how you use this as a side hustle. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Please email dollar sign roots with questions, comments, feedback, or ideas for future episodes. Also, don't forget to answer the podcast ponder question on Yammer for a chance to win some great Roots swag. Come back next month where we will deep dive into our newest ERG crew and sign up for our email subscription so you don't miss the next Roots episode. Thanks all. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Strengthen Your Roots. We hope you'll join us again on our next episode.